Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Tasha Radel, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Brent Palm, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's happening in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, extra law enforcement will be targeting impaired drivers this holiday season. The head of the Great Minnesota Get-Together is moving on. The Gophers and Badgers battle for Paul Bunyan's axe, but first. Look around, these are brown. Winter has come, the holidays are here, but tough times are back for more Minnesotans. The Salvation Army is on the front lines to help all across the state. And Eminence Bill Werner talked with Dan Furry at Northern Division headquarters about the need they're seeing this holiday season. You know, it, it started to moderate a little bit as we were coming out of the, the pandemic a, uh, a little bit. Uh, but now that we've hit inflation with 40-year high of inflation with food prices going up, mm -hmm. gas prices utilities going up, rent going up. Um, we're, we're back in the thick of things. We're, we're seeing very high levels of demand for food assistance, uh, rent assistance, utility assistance. Um, and so we're seeing a lot of people coming into our, our service centers. Um, there's also a very, very large concern when the moratorium on evictions ended this year Yes, uh, that were in place from the pandemic. There's a huge spike in, in Minnesotans who are behind on their rent. Right now, 87,000 households are behind on their rent, and mm -hmm. we're seeing a large demand of people who need help uh, to, just to stay in their homes. So this, this holiday season is not going to be a merry one for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I know that you folks are going to try to ease that strain for a lot of folks. Uh, let, let's Take a look at the situation around Minnesota. We'll go to opposite ends of the state. We're just going to be able to have time to sample a couple. But uh, uh, who do we have up first? We've got Major Jeff Strickler from Austin. He runs the Austin Service Center. Major, thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. I know that you're, you're busy down there in Austin. How's the need, first of all, there in your community and, and vicinity? Well, we see a great need here, Bill. A lot of it has to do with uh, the prices of everything going up, and whether it's food or gasoline or... I think the biggest indicator is that we have about a number of people that we haven't seen for five years for assistance that are now coming back to us because they're no mm. longer able to make ends meet. Discouraging maybe, but also an opportunity to help them out. Yeah, very true. Is there one particular program that you might like to highlight or something that happened? I'll leave it up to your, your choice, either Christmas or, or outside of Christmas. Sure. Well, the big thing that we're working on here right now in, in Austin and Moore County is we're trying to eliminate hunger insecurity. And so we, together with uh, Hormel Foods, also with the United Way of Moore County and a number mm. of agencies and churches and organizations are doing what we can to try and eliminate hunger, trying to make a dent in that and bring it from the 9-plus percent down in Moore County for hunger insecurity down to 3% or less. A wonderful goal. Major Jeff Strickler at the Salvation Army in Austin, thanks a lot for being with us. Uh, please keep up the good work there. Thank you, Bill. We'll try to do that. Okay, and now let's go back to Dan Furry at the Salvation Army's Northern Division headquarters in Roseville, and, and we're going to go to the other end of the state now, Dan. Who do we have up? Uh, next, we've got Captain Terry Ellison. She helps run the uh, Duluth uh, Service Center and actually uh, helps in uh, several other cities in northern Minnesota, and she can tell you about that. Captain, I really appreciate you taking some time to be with us. I know you're busy up there in Duluth and, and vicinity. Tell us, how is the need in the Twin Ports area? Yeah, I think... 
the need that we're seeing that uh, doesn't ever really go to go away is the need for food assistance. Mm. And especially after the pandemic, uh, people who may have lost their jobs sent some ripples through a lot of people's budgets. Mm-hmm. And uh, we never want anybody to have to choose between uh, groceries or buying their medication or paying their rent. No. Um, so we, we have a, an excellent uh, food program, including hot lunch Monday through Friday. Um, two different kinds of food pantry. One is uh, unique here in Duluth, and that's a medical food pantry. Oh, really? Which oh. helps to cater to people right, that have di- restricted diets. Hmm. Um, so they can come here and get some of that more expensive food, gluten-free and um, the supplemental drinks and that sort of thing that can be very expensive. Uh, something I think that's very special here is um, kind of unique, again, to the Salvation Army all over. That's a Pathway of Hope program that offers a ministry of presence to people, just ongoing care, whether somebody has been with one of our programs for a while and now they're exiting and maybe moving on to their own home. They can continue to have an advocate to help them with goal setting and finding resources. You've got a lot of unique things going on in in Duluth, Captain. Mm -hmm. I I really appreciate you taking the time, and please keep up the good work there. I I know you're doing important work, so thank you for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you. Captain Terry Ellison uh, at the Salvation Army in Duluth. Dan Furry now, back to the uh, Northern Division headquarters in Roseville. Minnesotans are generous people. They're going to want to know, how can they help? What do we need to do to get the help from Minnesotans to you folks this holiday season? Well, we know that that uh, inflation and recession also affect our donors. So we, we are grateful and we appreciate uh, all the help that we can get from, from our supporters and our donors. So anything that, that folks can do. Let's start with volunteering. Uh, we need bell ringers. We always need bell ringers, and we are a little bit behind from last year. Hmm. So we need bell ringers, and and a couple hours uh, would would be great for somebody to be able to come out and ring a bell for a couple hours and help raise some money to help some folks who are in need. And if you've forgotten what what the meaning of Christmas is like, this will help you remember. I guarantee it. <laughs> That's uh, I would second, I would think so. Yeah. Secondly, uh, you can donate some toys for our toy drive. Uh, we, we're always in need of toys. Uh, we give every year. We give a, uh, away about twenty thousand toys to uh, kids who are who would normally not have a memorable Christmas. Uh, and and we always are in need of cash donations. You can go to SalvationArmyNorth.org, and the money that you donate there will will go to the zip code uh, that you're from. So if you're from whatever part of the state you're from in Minnesota, that money stays where it's given. Dan Furry with the Salvation Army. You're uh, at the Northern Division headquarters in Roseville. Thank you so much, and please keep up the good work. Thank you, Bill. We appreciate it. And back to you, Tasha. Thanks, Bill. More Minnesota Matters right after this. Minnesota's electric cooperatives are dedicated to advancing beneficial electrification initiatives such as load control programs and electric vehicle charging incentives. These efforts help homes and businesses run more efficiently while having a lower impact on the environment, creating a win-win-win for consumers, energy providers, and the state's economy. This message is supported by the Minnesota Rural Electric Association, bringing power to the people of rural Minnesota. Considering an online pharmacy? Explore BeSafeRx to find useful information and resources to help you purchase medicines safely online. A safe online pharmacy requires a doctor's prescription, has an address in the United States, has a licensed pharmacist, and is licensed by a state pharmacy board. 
It's best to stay away from online pharmacies that don't meet these criteria. Discover more helpful tips and resources at BeSafeRx. Go to FDA.gov slash BeSafeRx. Law enforcement officers from across the state will be targeting impaired drivers this holiday season. I had a chance to visit with Mike Hansen, director of the Office of Traffic Safety. He says the best present you can give this holiday season is the gift of life. You bet. And, and that perfect holiday gift is to drive sober because that means that we are all going to be able to enjoy um, and take advantage of all the joyous things that take place this time of the year. All of the family events and, and everything uh, that occurs between you know now and the end of the year. It's a, really, it's a great time of the year. Um, and we don't want to mar that with a completely preventable tragedy. And so, you know, every project that we work on, it's all data-driven. And we know this time of the year that because of all the celebrations and all of the gatherings that take place, uh, occasionally alcohol or other impairing substances are a part of those celebrations. We just want everybody to have a great time, but make a plan and don't ever put yourself in the position of having to ask yourself, should I drive or should I not? Because if you are asking yourself that, you should not drive. And, you know, I really liked uh, some of the bullet points that you sent in. You know, this one just kind of, I guess, resonated with me. A DWI is new, is no holiday. There's, there's a lot of consequences behind it. it you're it's absolutely right. And um, if anybody wonders what it's like to get a DWI, I think we all probably have uh, friends, relatives, coworkers, somebody who's been down that road. And I think if you ask them, every one of them will tell you it is not worth it. It's hugely expensive. It's hugely inconvenient. It is something that you will carry for the rest of your life, um, and that's if you're arrested. And then if something else happens as a result of that, that faithful decision, you know, having to live with the fact that you changed somebody's life inalterably uh, forever or that you took a life, that's just not anything any of us would want to live with, I don't think. Um, and so it really is uh, up to each of us to make that good, responsible decision to think ahead and to plan ahead and then stick to that plan so that we don't have to think about whether we should or should not get behind the wheel or think about whether we should or should not get into the vehicle with somebody who may be impaired uh, because of whatever it is that they happen to be using. And, you know, another thing, too, that I think it's a good reminder of, you know, uh, primarily we we talk a lot about alcohol, but the same applies for things like uh, THC edibles, correct? You couldn't be more correct. You're absolutely right. Anything that we bring into our body that makes us feel different is going to affect the, your ability to drive and your ability to drive safely. So certainly alcohol is still, um, in, in many areas, the most frequently encountered impairing substance uh, that our law enforcement partners are finding out there. But as you mentioned, you know, we now have some THC products that are uh, legalized in Minnesota, and those are just as impairing as alcohol. And we have prescription drugs out there, and, and they also have the potential to impair us. And then, you know, there's also some illegal substances that folks choose to use, and those also impair you. So the basic message, Tasha, is impaired is impaired. If you feel different, you will drive different, and if you feel different, you should not drive. Have that plan in place and stick to it. And, you know, to uh, this time of year, I, I think it's good to hit on, too, you're, kind of, you're launching a campaign tomorrow, um, and that includes uh, extra law enforcement patrols, correct? 
That is correct. We know that, uh, you know, starting the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, particularly, you know, with some of our younger folks who are coming back from college, it's a time to reacquaint yourself with all your friends, with your families and all of that. Um, and we know there's a significant uptick in, in the number of impaired driving incidents that historically take place between the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and then obviously wrapping up on the new year. And so we are putting a substantial amount of additional law enforcement resources on the road, working with our partners across the state. So not only do we partner with the Minnesota State Patrol, uh, but we partner with over 300 other law enforcement agencies across the entire state. So local police departments, county sheriff's departments, tribal police departments, university police departments, um, we have a, a huge number of agencies that will be participating between now and the end of the year. All right. Well, lots of great information, Mike. Anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up today? You bet. I'll, I'll kind of give you the standard quote, Tasha. You know, obviously we're focusing on impaired driving because we know that that is something that we see a big increase in this time of the year. So make a plan, stick to it, no excuse to be arrested to be taken to a hospital or taken to a morgue because of a fateful decision to drive when you shouldn't or to get into the vehicle with somebody who should not be driving. Speed, we have to keep that under control, especially as we go into the winter season. That's the one thing that makes every other mistake worse. Your first and last line of defense is that seatbelt. Put it on every time, every trip, every occupant, every time. Uh, it will save you when nothing else will. And then finally, as busy as the roads are going to be, and we're shaping up for one of the busiest Thanksgiving travel weekends in years, um, you have to pay attention. The roads are going to be busy, they're going to be congested, and you've got to give that driving task your full attention. We can do those four things. We're going to have a great holiday season in Minnesota, and not one family has to have that empty chair at Thanksgiving, at Christmas, at New Year's, because somebody made a faithful decision to drive when they shouldn't have. So we can all get through this and have a great holiday season making good decisions. All right. Well, Mike, as always, thank you so much for your time, and you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and holiday season. And thank you, too, Tasha. We really appreciate the opportunity and your help getting our message out. And a happy Thanksgiving and happy holidays to you and yours as well. Minnesota Matters is back right after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Tasha Radel. The Minnesota State Fair will be under new leadership next summer for the first time in more than a quarter century. Longtime General Manager Jerry Hammer joins MN's Brent Palm to talk about being the longest serving chief executive of the great Minnesota get together. A new era will begin at the Minnesota State Fair in 2023 as longtime General Manager and CEO Jerry Hammer announced this week that he's ready to retire. So we invited him to join us on the show. Jerry, welcome to the program. Well, thanks, Brent, very much. Thank, thanks for thinking of me. Much appreciated. State Fair, a big part of all of our lives. You, you deserve the recognition. Congratulations. Well, it's you know it, it takes a cast of thousands to produce a fair. It's uh, you know I'm 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 fortunate. I'm really blessed to be able to you know serve in this role for for this long. I, I grew up a oh, a little less than a block away from. From the fairgrounds, you know, there are a lot of great stories how people wound up at fairs. You know, they were other careers doing whatever, and they decided at some point they wanted to be part of these great community celebrations. And I got involved because it was close to home. But to, to grow up here, to live my whole life, literally my whole life here, and, and to be able to, to play a part in, in the fair and, you know, bringing people this amazing experience... Uh, is just it, it's been such a gift, and I'm so grateful for it. From from what I read from your announcement, 26 years as the CEO, 
53 years total on the fairgrounds, longest serving executive uh, of the nation's state fairs. So uh, quite an honor for you. And I can tell you what, one of my favorite things as a reporter is, you know, I'll go there on opening day and I love to stick a mic on some of the people just walking through the doors early in the day. And I've met people from Canada, from Florida, from North Carolina. I had a couple from Texas tell me that the Minnesota State Fair is better than theirs. And Texans, I don't think, say say that very often. So I, I guess we've had some success during your tenure here. What you say, though, about folks coming from other places is, is true, and we're the beneficiaries here of some real vision from our, our predecessors, from our Minnesota State Fair ancestors. In the 1930s especially, the vision of, of those folks to do the layout we have here and to do forward-thinking work like, like putting, they, they put all the utilities and electric underground. There are no power poles at the fair. It looks like something that was that was built, you know, within the last few years. But it, it's it, it's been here. It's been in place here for for 90 years and more. So the the whole experience that, that people get here, a lot of that we owe to our to our predecessors. The, at the 2022 state fair, we had people from all 50 states plus 38 nations around the world. We are literally on the world stage representing our states. So we better do a damn good job of it. And and that's where we're coming from. You know, we're, we're, we're very lucky to be stewards of this amazing place. Well, you're, you're probably not giving yourself enough credit because uh, you've been much more than a steward. And I think a lot of people will, will praise your leadership over the last, well, 26. I know we had 1.8 million people in 2022, two years after a record before the pandemic of over 2 million. What was the, the average attendance when you first started 26 years ago? Oh, 1.5 maybe? You know, I'm not sure. And and um, for the most part, don't focus that much on attendance. You know, we don't count everybody, you know, for starters. So so those numbers, you can, you can you can add conservatively, whatever they are, you can add another 10%. Well, we don't count free kids and employees and performers. And But I do know this, starting in 2014, we had a run of six record years in a row, which had never happened. And, uh, and if, you, if you can envision... A bar graph with with attendance, and and um, I'm working off of one that has a hundred years worth in, and there are no sharp peaks and there are no steep valleys. It's uh, you know it bumps up and down some. You'd expect that. But overall, the trend is very gradually going up. Well, I can say that you guys rebounded nicely in 2022. It seemed like uh, as normal a fair as we'd been to in years, and we were so glad that it was back at full strength this year. Well, it was, you know, it was outstanding. And, and leading up to the fair, uh, we always budget conservatively on uh, on the uh, in, income and attendance side. The attendance drives income, and, you know, we've got all kinds of data, and you know, so you have you plug it all in and it, it, it tells you what you can expect. And I always twist everything down a little bit when it comes to uh, attendance and income, just to make sure that, that we're, you know, that we're on solid ground. And, uh, and for this year, I, the, the math I did on it is we cannot look at 2019 uh, and, and compare that year to, uh, or tie that in any way and any expectations about where, where the fair is headed. That, that is the unassailable Everest of all fairs. And uh, is, everything was, it couldn't have been better then. Now, that, and that was, that was pre-pandemic. Hey, last question, uh, Jerry Hammer. What are you going to miss most about being the CEO of the Minnesota State Fair? That's a real toughie. Um, but you know what? Uh, what? What I'm not gonna miss most is the day after Labor Day. 
<laughs> uh, you know, you, you, you spend all year putting the fair together and fairs here, and it's like the best thing ever. And, and the day after Labor Day, it's not a, you don't glide down from it. It's it's a crash. You just you go right off a cliff. That's what I will not miss. Okay. Uh, as, <laughs> as far as the, the fair itself, I look forward to being here and actually going to the fair and seeing what all the fuss is about. It, it, it'll be tough. I know that. You know, I'll be tempted to pick up trash and all that. And I'll probably keep doing all that. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Jerry, for bringing us a great state fair for so many years. Congratulations, and I'm sure we'll see you on the fairgrounds next summer. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll be here. It'll be in disguise, but I sure appreciate it. I had all the, the good thoughts that have poured in over the last couple of days. I Honestly, I never, I never saw this coming at all. I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to serve the fair and, and for the opportunity to talk to all, all our friends across the state. Hey, thanks a lot, Jerry. You bet. Thank you. Minnesota Matters returns right after this. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody, squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Tasha Radel. The Gophers and Badgers play football in Madison this weekend in a battle for Paul Bunyan's axe. Eminent sports director Mike Grimm, who also serves as the radio voice of the Golden Gophers, spoke with the radio voice of the Wisconsin Badgers, Matt LaPay, to detail what the rivalry means to both states. Here's a for instance for you, Mike, and this one hit me between the eyes. This was, I want to say, you know, 10, 12 years ago. It was we were having one of those summer out golf outings with our, you know, our corporate partners, and and I was talking to my supervisor because an old high school friend of mine who actually is a Michigan graduate, but he loves college football, he was saying, hey, you think you can give me tickets for, for a game? And thinking, which game? It was one of those years for Ohio State came to Madison. I thought, well, you know, let me check. Thank you. I've got several months notice. So I asked the, the supervisor at the time, I said, hey, this is a tough one, but if you can't do it, let me know. But, you know, just looking to you know purchase a couple tickets, you know, hopefully relatively decent seats for the Wisconsin-Ohio State game. And he said, oh, we could do that. Just don't ask for Minnesota. <laughs> Wow. Those, that was the t- that was the tougher ticket, yeah. And that that told me it maybe it just confirmed what I what I knew all along the the rivalry. And I mean, I grew up in Ohio, and when I first heard about Paul Bunyan's axe, thinking, what the heck is this? And it doesn't take long, you know. The one time, either you know your team wins it or their team wins it, and the parade lap, and you you fake like you're going to chop down the goalpost, and uh, it, it's uh, you kind of get you get caught up in it pretty quickly. Just even as a as a fan of the sport, it really is a. It is a true, genuine rivalry where I think there's a lot of mutual respect with players and coaches. Uh, not a lot of love, yeah. but there's a lot of respect. Just the history of it and and the close, you know, the, the closeness of the series we talked about. Was it 62-61 with eight ties? Yeah, that's a rivalry. That's not a hammer and a nail. 
That is a legit rivalry. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. You think it's a most or the longest continuous played. Thank goodness they we we slid that 2020 game in there uh, at the end to to keep it going because I think there is something to be said to to keep it continuous and it's it's within one game. That said, uh, you know there was a string there, 15 straight. Uh, you know my first however many years here it was it was uh, it was going Wisconsin's way um, and that was good for the Badgers. But it also I think in a weird way was was it fed the rivalry in Minnesota because as they say, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And every year that went by that the Axe did not at least reside in Minnesota for a bit uh, made you want it even more. And it was weird because when when the Gophers finally broke through in that 2018 game, that wasn't a particularly great Gopher team. It was PJ's second year. They they got to bowl eligibility with that win. But it was treated around the state like they had maybe won the national title. And I know some outsiders looked at that as if it was, you know, geez, what are they doing? And I, I think you just had to understand what it meant uh, to not have won that for 15 straight. And it tells you about the importance of the rivalry. And now, you know, it, it, it's two and two in the last four years. And I think it, that may be not as good for Wisconsin, but for the rivalry itself, uh, like you say, you can't be the an, the anvil and the nail all the time. To, to have it be, you know, who knows who's going to win? It's a two-point spread this week, right? Uh, that's probably better overall for college football, the Big Ten, and, and the rivalry itself. Yeah, I think it brings in the casual fan. It brings in more casual fans to this game because, you know, look, and you know, from 2010 to you know most of that decade, uh, Wisconsin was really, really good. The problem was Ohio State went totally next level, uh, but the you know the Badgers were you know, winning division championships and trying to get back to the you know getting to the Big Ten title game and at that point dominating the series. But I, I do think yeah, Mike, the last four years with it being split, last year Wisconsin going up to the Twin Cities with a chance to win the West and get back to the title game and and losing and the fans storm the field, you hear jump around. That's all that kind of stuff that. Yeah, these players are being reminded of it this week. Yes, but what it really does, but to the casual fan, it's like, yeah, this is uh, this is real. And, and you know, talking with Jim Leonard uh, earlier this week about that, uh, you know, he played ten years in the NFL. He was he, as a player, his teams won twice, lost twice to Minnesota. But he's a he's a big believer in these trophy games mm-hmm. and, and senior day and all that stuff that you don't get in the NFL, which is which is great, best players in the world, but it's more of a corporate setting. We're in college as corporate as it's getting uh, and with all the changes that we know are going on. There's still things that separate the college game from from the NFL and these in-season trophy games and the senior day, the emotion that goes with that. That's still to me and I think to millions of fans. That's still what makes college football a little extra special. For sure. I mean, even think this game just in general this week, you've got a 7-4 and four Minnesota who is, you know, playing for nothing more than uh, maybe bowl pecking order. There's, they're not in the mix for the West. Wisconsin, 6-5, and five, not in the mix. If it was just a normal, all right, it's just a Big Ten game, okay. But when you throw in Paul Bunyan's axe, it's the biggest thing going on right now. My first year here was um, 1988, covering Wisconsin athletics. And that was a year where it was Don Morton's second year of three. The Badgers won one game that year, and it was uh, it was a game with a as we would say had a face for radio. It was ugly. <laughs> it just it was two teams that were really struggling. It was the only game Wisconsin won that year. But to see those guys, you know, there was this one player at Wisconsin named Jeff Weicker who grabbed the axe and I think really wanted to chop down the goalpost. It wasn't <laughs> one of those fake love tap things. I think he wanted to take a full swing. You, you find out right away what what the game itself means and. I know it's cliche to say throw out the record, but I think there's a lot of truth to it here. This yeah. can be, you know, both teams are going to play in bowl games, and that'll be a lot of fun for all those guys. Uh, you hope it is, the, the whole bowl experience. But I think this is the game 
these kids remember. I mean, you ask the Gophers from last year, a very good year for Minnesota. But if, if you could pick one game, my guess is that game against Wisconsin would be the one where you do something special on your home field against your arch rival. That's what college football gives you. Yeah, no question. I mean, they won a bowl game, but they remember that Badger game on Thanksgiving week for sure last year the most of, of any of those games. There's 100% certainty there. That's Eminence Sports Director Mike Grimm, the voice of the Gophers with the voice of the Badgers, Matt LaPay, on Minnesota Matters. You can hear the entire interview on the Go Gopher podcast wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Minnesota Matters. Be sure to join us again next week on this MNN Affiliate Station.